Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Ademo. Come on, shout it! Free indeed, I'm free. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my father's house. In my father's house, there's a place for me. I am child of God. Yes, I am. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we just bless you for this morning. We thank you because all over the world we are celebrating what theologians have called Palm Sunday. We want to thank you for that triumphant entry. And I trust you, Lord, that we are going to enter this season in a triumphant way. Despite the challenges, the difficulties, the setbacks the world is facing right now, we know our case is different as people of God. And because our case is different, Lord, we know it will be different for the world as well. King of glory, we are grateful for what you did on the cross well over 2,000 years ago. And because of what you did, we can stand boldly and declare that because you did it for us, we know our tomorrow is all right. Thank you, Father. We anoint our homes. We anoint this service today that it will bring deliverance. It will bring healing. It will bring salvation to as many that need to be saved. It will bring a turnaround. It will bring a shift in the realm of the spirit. We are trusting that everyone under the sound and the unction of this broadcast will never ever remain the same. For the power of God will go into operation and put everything right that had been wrong. King of glory, we say you alone take all the glory this morning. And let the blessings be ours and let the glory be yours. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed and the people of god said amen Amen. praise god once again good morning this awesome morning i want to congratulate you for making it this sunday to church online i want to thank god for your life for your home for your family for your spouse for your children because in this season the word of god says say to the righteous it shall be well with him I want to speak to your household. I want to speak to your home, to your life, to your family and your destiny that it is well with you. If you believe that, you will say a good amen. I just want to thank God for your life and thank you for welcoming us to your home, to the confines of your home this morning. You are welcome to church. I want you to get your Bibles, your pens, your writing materials and be set to go and receive the word of God, the engrafted word which is able to save your soul, even in this season, which is able to put you right, and which is able to make boundary lines, your boundary lines, to fall on pleasant places in the name of Jesus Christ. So I welcome the international audience, people from all over the world. I welcome the local audience, people from nearby. I welcome people from far and near in the name of Jesus. And we trust that we are going to have a blast in the Holy Ghost. Even this awesome morning, 
in the name of Jesus. Like I said while I was praying, it is also our Palm Sunday. Praise God. On Palm Sunday was the riding of Jesus, uh, the triumphant entry into Jerusalem, uh, which was a fulfillment of the prophetic word as told by prophet Zechariah many years before he came in Zechariah 9, chapter 9, verses 9 to 16, where it was prophesied about the royal entry, which symbolizes the king is coming. Praise God. And because of this season that the king is coming, because of this season, coronavirus is out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I trust God that as we celebrate, we will see the manifestation of his coming as we are celebrating his coming. Hallelujah. Praise God. So this morning, without wasting more time, we want to go straight to the word of God. And we want to bring, to continue our series, Strategies for Godly Progress, Part 3. Strategies for Godly Progress, Part 3. Again, strategies for godly progress, part three. In times past, we have studied a few things in parts one and two of this series about strategy. I just want to bring you as a form of reminder and a form of continuation so that we can pick it up. Perhaps there are one or two people out there who haven't started this series with us. In summary, we have learned that strategy is a plan of action or policy designed to achieve the overall aim. Another word for strategy is master plan. The God you and I serve is big on planning. God is a master planner. No one can plan like he does. He planned all things before the foundation of the world. And nothing gets him by surprise. Even the current pandemic going on in the world today, it might be a surprise to humanity. It might be a surprise to all the governments of the world. But to my Lord, my God, and my Savior, to the King of the whole universe, to my Father and your Father, praise God, it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. You can see him, his nature, his character. He's a planner. Even from the scripture, we see this in Revelation 13, 8. The Bible says, the Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the world. He was already in the heart, in the mind, in the breath of God. When the world has not yet started, that he knew in his foreknowledge he was going to sacrifice his son to redeem humanity. Even before the world started, that this God had a contingency plan for the failure of man. Even before man was given birth to. How can you beat that in planning? How can you ever beat that? But that is the God we serve. He's a master planner. Well, the lamb was actually slain 2,000 years ago. In this period that we are celebrating Easter. In the next one week, we are going to celebrate his resurrection. Praise God. But before the foundation, in record of man, it was just 2,000 years ago. But in the record of God, it was before the foundation of the world. So the nature of God is that he's a planner. He plans things. 
The whole world, the creation of this world was planned in seven days. Six days he had finished. Even his rest was planned before he started. Because it's necessary to rest. <coughs> Excuse me. Not only has God planned things out, not only does he have a corporate plan, a plan for the whole universe, a plan for nations, a plan for the whole universe. In Jeremiah 29 verse 11, we see God as a corporate plan for Israel. He said, I know the thoughts, I know the plans I have towards you. They are plans of good and not of evil. To give you an expected end. In other translations says to give you an enviable future. He had a plan for Israel. As he had a corporate plan for Israel, the Bible says in Jeremiah 1, 5, and 6 also, he had an individual plan for every individual in Israel. For example, Jeremiah himself. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, he said, Jeremiah, before I formed you in the belly, I had known thee. Before you came out, of your mother's womb, I have sanctified thee. I have ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. So while in Jeremiah 29, he was revealing his corporate plan for Israel, he also had individual plans for individuals in Israel. God is a planner. We learned in times past in this series that God is a planner. Ephesians 5.1 says, if God is a planner, he said, therefore, be ye imitators of God as their children. In other words, in the, in the Greek, it says, mimic God, behave like him. Be mimic him. If your creator, if your God, if your father is a planner, master planner, then you yourself must be a planner. You must give into planning. So we need the plan of God, a plan of action. We need a strategy, a plan of action so that we can have the interventions of God continually in our lives. We need a plan of action to bring the promises of God to pass. We saw this in the Bible, that we, needed, we need strategy to bring the promises of God into reality. We saw this in the life of Israel when he promised them that a land flowing with milk and honey. Yes, it was a land flowing with milk and honey, but they needed strategy to bring that promise to pass. How did they bring the promise to pass? God introduced what it cost people thousands of dollars to go and learn in our present day, SWOT analysis. Check their strengths, check their weaknesses, look for the opportunities, and also look out for the threats. And that was the way they were able to possess their possession. Last week, we saw the three reasons why we need. We need this plan of action. We need strategy. What are the reasons? Number one, we need a plan of action so as to achieve the overall aim of God, so as to have the plan of God being delivered. Number two, we learned that we need a plan of action. We need the plan of action. We need strategy so that we can have a plan to fall back onto when the going gets tough. We analyzed these plans in two dimensions. We said number one can be a change of plan. Number two can be continue with the initial plan. But every time there will be a plan of action you can fall back to. Number three, we learned also that we need a plan of action so that it will help us see the end result even from the beginning. Because it's the nature of God according to Isaiah 46 verse 10 that he finishes a thing before he starts it. 
So we challenge ourselves that everyone that has an impact in this world, everyone that has made an impact in this world, everyone that has made an impact in this world, praise God, one way or the other, they always have a strategy. They always have a plan of action. They had a one thing, praise God, that they had to do. And what is the one thing? For example, Paul had this one thing. He said, one thing I do. He said, I, 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 one thing I do, always I do these things. One thing I do, he said, I, I forget the things that are behind, but I press forward to the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And we can see how he made the, the remarkable mark. The same thing as David. David said, one thing have I desired, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, that they may inquire in his temple. My question to you is, what is your own one thing? What is your own strategy for life? Because you need a plan of action, ladies and gentlemen. You need a plan of action. We continued last week by talking about how to develop a plan of action. What do we do? Number one, we clarify the end product. From the beginning, we clarify the vision. He said, right, the vision make it plain. That he that see it, it may run. It has to be plain. It has to be crystal clear. Spend time to clarify where you are going in life. Because if it's not clear, everywhere you go will become it. No. Number two, set milestones on your journey. And I defined milestones. They could be spiritual and physical milestones. Milestones could be physical or spiritual, but they are significant reference points to the doing of God. Significant reference points to the Lord's doing. Very important in our lives. Very important because they stir up faith in us. They stir up unusual faith for us so that we can accomplish the things of God for us. Hallelujah. So today, we are going further into these strategies for godly progress, part three, by saying, number three, how to handle setbacks. How to handle setbacks. You see, in God, before the foundation of the world, he took care of setbacks. He took care of the setback if humanity should fail. If humanity should fail, he had already slain his son before the foundation of the world. He had already put contingency, what they know today as contingency plan. You have put a plan to take care of setbacks. Praise God. And we need to understand this. There are two realms in taking care of setbacks. Praise God. There are two realms in taking care of setbacks. Number one, two realms. The first is um, thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's do it this way. Setbacks, before I talk about the two realms of setbacks, I want to say the two types of setbacks we have in life. The first kind of setback is the setback that occurs as a result of human error. As a result of human error. That is, in the setback one way or the other, 
it was your fault. Maybe it's lack of knowledge, lack of planning, lack of adequacy. In short, it's a human issue. For example, you had been given abundance, but you did not save for the rainy day. That could be an error from you. But there is another kind of setback that I want to call today crisis. That's the second kind of setback, crisis. What are crisis? What is crisis? Crisis is an event in which we have no control or did not cause it. We have no control. Now, this is human definition. It's not spiritual definition. It's human definition. The crisis, again, I want to define, is an event in which we have no control or we did not cause it. It's not as a result of human error or personal error. You had no control over it. You did not cause it. Of course, a practical example is what we are facing all over the world today, uh, coronavirus. Although a lot of theory uh, comes around it, I'm not going to the controversies of that, but many people are here, many people are listening to me. Perhaps you've lost your job. Perhaps you, you had no control over it. You did not cause it for you to lose your job. You had no control over it. The management, don't blame, go blaming the management of your company because they are not the ones who, well, I mean, it's not their fault that what happened happened. Praise God. So again, crisis is an event in which you have no control. Neither did you cause it. Praise the Lord. You didn't cause it, you had no control over it. Hallelujah. God promises us that nothing is permanent. And I want you to go, come with me to the book of Ecclesiastes today as we deal with how to handle setbacks. How do we handle setbacks? Praise God. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. If you got it, say, I got it. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. To everything there is a season. To everything there is a season, including setbacks. It has a season. Setback is not forever. Setbacks are for a season. Coronavirus will come and go. It's for a season. Unemployment will come and go. It's for a season. Being broke, not having enough, is for a season. It's not permanent. The Bible says, to everything, there is a season. Having abundance is a season. It's not forever. Hello? You must understand this, ladies and gentlemen, that to everything there is a season. It's a promise of God that to everything there is a season. There is a season for everything. It's a promise of God. It's a promise. There is a season for everything. A season to have 
and a season not to have. There is a season of scarcity. That's why we are always encouraged, even in the scriptures, especially in the book of Proverbs, that in the time of abundance, factor in. Factor in the time of scarcity. So that you can spread it. That's why you have something called savings. Praise God. It's a must have. So the Bible says there's time to everything. A time to be born. And a time to die. A time to plant. And a time to pluck what is planted. A time to kill. And a time to heal. A time to break down. And a time to build up. A time to weep. And a time to laugh. A time to mourn. And a time to dance. A time to cast away stones. A time to gather stones. A time to embrace. And a time to refrain from embracing. Like now. There's time for everything. I'm sure you didn't see that coming. (laughs) Praise God. There's a time not to social distancing. The Bible says there's a time for it. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. A time to embrace from embracing. Number verse six. A time to gain and a time to let go. A time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. There is time for everything. You might have a property you have been hanging on to. It might be time to let go. You might be having something that you have been hanging on to. It might be a time to let go. You love that car. I know you love that car, but that car doesn't even love you anymore. It's time to let go. Praise God. There is a time. There is a season for everything under the sun. Everything you are going through is for a season. It's not forever. Please help me tell your neighbor at home, it's for a season. No matter what you are going through, it won't last. That's why you can speak to coronavirus. You can speak to this home closure. Stay at home. You can speak to that situation that you will not last. It's for a season. Come on, declare over your life, this situation, this circumstance that I'm going through, that I'm passing through, is just for a season. Yes, seasons are temporal. Seven things quickly to know about the power of season. Because season is important. You have to understand season. And recognize it. That, oh, this is the season for this. There are times even when all the promises of God you have. There's a time that there will be a time that you will not have abundance. Even though God promises you abundance, abundance will not be in your account. Abundance will not, you don't even look like somebody who has abundance. And the promises of God are yes and amen. And I'll tell you later why those seasons come. There are seasons of life. You must understand and recognize it so that you know how to behave in those seasons. Praise God. Number one, seven things quickly to know about season. Number one, seasons guarantee change. Seasons help us to know and understand change is coming. Summer cannot be forever. Even though we are excited, summer is around the corner in, in a place like where we are broadcasting from in Canada here. Summer is always exciting time. Summer is a place we love. 
Because let me tell you something, it's really cold in this part of the world. Hallelujah. Summer is exciting, but that summer will not be forever. Again, when winter shows up and everywhere is cold and freezing, no matter how cold it is, winter will not be forever. Summer is around the corner. So seasons guarantee change. Once you are in a season, no change is coming. So that tells us one other thing. Number two, seasons give hope. When winter comes, you don't throw away all your summer clothes because winter is around. No. Does it mean because winter is around, you throw away your swimming trunks? You don't do that. Swimming trunks are still kept because this season is what? It's temporal. It's temporal. So whether it's summer, winter, autumn, spring, they never stay. They are temporal. There's no permanent staying of a season. No. That's why I'm glad to announce to somebody at home there that unemployment is seasonal. Everything has a season. It has not come to stay on you. Can I hear a good amen from you? Number three, seasons are always temporary. Seasons, crises are not permanent, ladies and gentlemen. Crisis is a human description. It's an event in which you have no control. But your case is different as a child of God. The world may not have control, but you have a control in Christ Jesus. If you can stay warm enough, summer will soon come up. Summer will still show up. If you can stay warm enough in winter, summer will soon show up. Seasons are always temporary. Number four. Season gives incentive to plan for the future. Because you know it's temporal. Because you know it will soon be over. It gives you an incentive to plan for the future. Now great people are already thinking beyond coronavirus. All some people are thinking at home now is that, oh, the next six weeks, the next eight weeks, it looks like if we are going to what happens after the eight weeks? What happens after coronavirus is over? What happens after the employment unemployment season is over? People who want progress in their lives would have quickly planned for that season. Some, as I'm speaking to you, are planning heavily, heavy planning on what is going to take place after this thing. They can anticipate. While somebody is still complaining, oh, the, the market is going to crash. Oh, the world economy is going down. Who knows what the prices of houses will be? Who knows what the government rates will be? Who knows how many companies are going to still be alive after this? Guess what? So many people, wise people, know that this season will do what? will pass. And they have started planning for that new season. Somebody once told me during this week or last week that, oh, the world is never going to be the same again after this period. I asked the person, what are you doing about it? Even if it's not going to remain the same, what are you doing about it? 
Where are you positioning yourself? Where are you positioning yourself about the new season and the new era coming? Ladies and gentlemen, if you are going to make progress, then you must understand these things about the season. The best time to shop for winter is not in winter. The best time to shop for winter is in summer. What to do is to plan for the next season. For this season will pass. I say it again. This season of lockdown will pass. This season of lockdown is not forever. But what are you doing if you understand times and seasons? This is the time to plan for your next season. And I see God take you to his promises. I see God bring his promises to pass. Because nothing, even seasons, don't stop the promises of God. Are you listening to me? And God will bring it to pass for you in Jesus' name. That is why kingdom people don't live in fear. We live by faith. Because every other thing will pass away. But it's your faith that remains constant to keep you. In times of plenty, you need faith. In times of scarcity, you need faith. In times of abundance, you need faith. In times of nothing is around, you need faith. Praise God. Number five, because I'm giving you seven, seven uh, things about season, power of the season. Seasons are always moving. So you need to stand still. Seasons are always moving. You need to stand still. Whether it is winter, whether it is summer, whether it is autumn, whether it is spring, it will keep on moving. You need to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. No shaking for you. You be still. I love that worship song. I will be still. I know you are God. I will be still. I know you are God. He told Israel, he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. These are the time people are jettering. Jettering over everything. Shaking over everything. Shaking. Oh, what is happening? Fear. The news is not giving you. Do you know how many people have died in New York yesterday? Did you know how many people have died in this country? Do you know how many people are dying? Do you know the projected death rate in, in Ontario or in, or in Canada or in Quebec? That is what you are busy doing. And that is not, nobody is inviting you for funeral service. Why are you concerned? Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Seasons are always moving. You need to stand still. God will save you in the storms through the storms. Never respond permanently to a temporal problem. Never the Never respond permanently to a temporal problem. Ecclesiastes 3, 4. The word of God says there's a time to laugh. There's a time to weep. There's a time to mourn and there's a time to dance. A time to get and a time to lose. Some people say, oh, I'm broke now. Maybe I've done something wrong. No, sorry, you have not done anything wrong. It's just the season. Of being broke that you are going through. Hallelujah. Praise God. Number six. 
God allows the seasons to come to test your faith. This is where it's important for you that these seasons are allowed to test your faith. We've seen you halal, we've seen you shout, we've seen you run around in church, we've seen you dance. Yes, maybe the going is good. What of when the going becomes tough? Let us see whether that faith is still intact. That's why I've given a new definition to faith, which I'll give you in the course of this service. Faith is doing the same thing in the dark, what he told you in the light. I'll repeat it. Faith is doing what he told you in the light when the dark comes. A lot of people can only praise God when the going is good. What of when the going becomes rough? Can you still play God? Can you still praise God? There is no temptation, the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There is no temptation that is not common to man. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation that is not common to man. But in with that temptation, the Bible says, but God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able to handle. But with, with that time, same temptation, also make a way of escape. God will save you in the storms, through the storms. With that same temptation, he will make a way of escape for you. Within this global pandemic, there is a way of escape for you. That's the promise of God. Why? Why? He said that the trying of your faith, James chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. James chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. This is why he allows it. He allows these seasons to come to test your faith. Watch. He said, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works what? Works patience. Okay? Verse 4. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Verse 5. For if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and upbraided not. He will not call you a dummy for asking. For the testing of your faith, ladies and gentlemen, keep your faith in that season. In the season of plenty, keep your faith. In the season of scarcity, keep your faith. In the season of weeping, keep your faith. In the season of mourning, keep your faith. We live by faith and not by sight. Second Corinthians 5, 7. That is the manufacturer's description of living. He said the just shall live by faith. We have no other option. What is faith? Acting on God's word. I have prayed for you, Jesus said, in the book of Luke 22, 32. I prayed for you, Peter, that your faith will fail you not. Faith failure is more devastating than heart failure. Faith failure is a must not have for you. Jesus said, I pray for you that your faith will not fail you. That a temptation is coming. You are going to fail that test, but I have prayed for you. That's what he said. He told Peter, he said, it's coming. 
And by my foreknowledge, you will fail it. But I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Even if you fail by circumstance, you will not fail by faith. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you that your faith will be up in this season. In the name of Jesus. He said, seed time and Genesis 8.22, seed time and harvest time will never cease. Summer, winter, day, night, it will never cease. Everything has a season. Praise God. And I want to shock you with a scripture this morning. Ezekiel 34, 26 and 27, but basically 26. Ezekiel 34, 26 and 27. I want to show you something. The Lord showed me this and it helped me. And I'm sure it's going to help you too in understanding seasons. He says, and I will make them and the places around them my heal a blessing. And I will cause the shower to come down in his season. The shower will come down in his season. Not every time. In his season. But it will come. Be sure it will come. But it's in his season. Blessings will come to you. Blessings, ladies and gentlemen, has a season. Abundance has a season. Are you listening to me? Showers of blessing comes in seasons. Write it down. That's number seven. It comes in seasons. Showers of blessing comes in seasons. It is not permanent condition. It's your faith still in place when the season stops. Because it will come and go. For example, somebody is blessed here. Somebody gets a shower of blessing. You get a bumper harvest. Bumper harvest is not forever. It doesn't mean another one will not come. But before another one comes, there is a time frame. It will come in another season. So what happens to your faith when abundance stops on one level? And before the next abundance comes, what happens to your faith between the two seasons? That's what I'm saying. Those who will make progress in life, those who will make progress needs a strategy for those periods. You have to understand it first. I'm making you understand how it goes. Then you have a strategy. Your strategy will be strong when you understand it. Is your faith still in place when the season stops? Psalm 1 verses 1 to 6. Please, roll that for me. Psalm 1 verses 1 to 6. I want you to see something. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of discomfort. Verse 2. But is in delight in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit. Underline the word fruit. In his season. Fruit comes in seasons. Fruit means the result. 
Fruit means what you have been believing God for. Fruit means what, what you had planned to get. It comes in season. He said his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. He said his leaf shall not wither. Leaf is not fruit. You can't eat leaves. Leaf is not fruit. You can't eat it. Leaf is just telling you that this tree is still alive. There is still life in this tree, but the fruit which you want is not there. The fruit will come in seasons. Do you understand that? You have to understand that. Fruit comes in seasons. So showers of blessings for a season, ladies and gentlemen. Leaves, you don't eat it, but fruit that you need to eat comes in season. And that is why I'm going to be bringing this message to a conclusion by sharing with you understanding crisis. I've told you the power of seasons. Then I want you to understand crisis. I believe I can't finish this message today. But please stay tuned till when we continue this message. Amen? Crisis. Have you been blessed so far? I'm sure you have been blessed. You have learned new things about seasons. If there's anything I want you to go home with, is to hold on to the fact that seasons are temporal. This season will pass. So quickly, understanding crisis. I've defined crisis for you. I've said crisis is an event in which we have no control or did not cause. We didn't cause it. We have no control over it. Just for example, this pandemic going on. Number two, we are always in control of our thoughts and perspectives. We might not have control over the pandemic, as it were. That's the man's definition, not us as children of God. In humanity, crisis is defined as what you don't have control over, or you did not start it. But now... I want you to know that we always are in control of our thoughts and our perceptions. We can have new perspective of what is happening, even if we don't fully understand it. We can have full perspective, new perspective of what's happening. You can look at it and say, whatever it is that is going on today, you will not last. Why? Because it's a season. It's just for a season. You will not last. I understand from my new creation perspective, this is only for a season. It's not forever. It's not. So what makes people commit suicide? is because they just believe the season is permanent. They believe whatever they are going through is permanent. There's no way out. That's what suicide is all about. It's a permanent solution to a temporal problem. They bring a permanent solution. Take your life to a temporal problem. That's why suicide is wrong. You, you are wrong. Number three. About crisis. Crisis has always been a source of development and growth. Crisis has always been a source of development and growth. Every time a crisis like this comes up, check the history. 
It's a new world that comes up. It's a new day. People will learn how to do things and how not to do things. I'm sure there's a lot of things that people will learn. I'm not going to mention the name of any nation, but a nation of recent. You know, any manufacturing, it goes to that nation. Anything people want to do, it goes to that. Now, that nation is the same nation with trouble today. Nobody wants anything from there. So it's going to teach manufacturers a different way of doing things. You will not depend on just one nation to do all your manufacturing. No. It's wrong. Economically wrong. But nobody saw what was wrong with it before because the profits were coming in. But a new way of doing things is coming up. Hallelujah. Crisis always has been a source of development and growth. A lot of Things that are not right becomes right. Why? Because the crisis will shake, will shake everything from head to toe. Praise God. You remember Jesus Christ was asking us to build on the, on the rock. And he told us why to build on the rock. He said, he gave us two examples of two different kinds of people. That one built on sand, one built on the rock. But they were exposed to the same challenges. The Bible says when the storms came, when the rain came, when the thunder came, when the wind came, and beat vehemently against the houses. The Bible says only one stood the test. That's telling you that the two were exposed to the same thing. They were exposed to storms of life. They were exposed to crisis. And one stood and one did not stand. Praise God. It's always been a source of development and growth. People make, people, people need to understand this. We really know, need to know what kind of material you are made up of. It's crisis that reveal it. Whether you sing, you shout in church, you are happy. And when crisis come, we will really know whether the stuff you are made up of is really original or fake. It is in times like this. So I want to encourage you to really, really build your faith strong. The just shall live by faith. Number four, crisis creates opportunity for creativity. It creates opportunity for creativity. A lot of people today would not even know they have skills. I thank God and want to use this opportunity to bless people all over, making face masks and all that. God bless you. Thank you for contributing to humanity because there was scarcity. And look at, look at wonderful face masks that people are making now all over. Some people didn't even know they have the talent and skill to do that. The sewing machine has been sitting down in their homes for ages now. But all of a sudden, they have something to put to do. Glory be to God. So crisis creates opportunity for creativity. New ways to deal with problems. Look at an eagle, for example. An eagle is about seven feet wide. Comes in a small egg like that. The eagle comes out. The eagle... The eagle the eagle 
uh, is put in the nest. And what, what is next? When it's time for the eagle to fly, the papa eagle will put him at the back and will begin to soar high, soar high, soar high for about seven miles up or five miles up. The next thing that will happen is after going seven miles up, he will just drop the baby eagle. And after dropping the baby eagle, what goes next? After dropping the baby eagle, the baby eagle starts dropping down. And his faith is either he's going to fly or die. It brings creativity. Creates opportunity for creativity. Crisis. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, look at a place for Japan, like Japan. Japan is a little island. A little island. They have no word in their vocabulary for crisis. What they call crisis, what we call crisis, what they call it is opportunity. Opportunity. That is why today in that little island, whether we want to humble ourselves to accept or not, they are the world leaders in automobile manufacturing. Of recent, they called the whole world to come and see their technology. This is what they are saying. Oh, aren't you exposing your deep secret to the world? They know. They said no. We are even creating competition. If they know this, it will de- it will make us go further to develop more. They invited the world to come and see what they do. Wow! What, a, what we want to talk of people being confident in themselves. Praise God. It is when you are not confident, you are hiding secrets alone. The Bible says the secret, uh, secret things belong to God. It's not even yours. Praise God. Crisis. No word for crisis. Opportunity. In 1944, we are all witnesses of the Hiroshima bomb being dropped in Japan. Wiped out hundreds of thousands of people. What did these people see? opportunity. Even in the midst of devastating disaster, they say opportunity. They are experts and they exported Toyota to the world today. Guess what? Japan is an island. Hmm. They rule the world in cars. So let me tell you something. Lay off, sit at home, Everything that looks negative right now is an opportunity. I pray that God will take us to higher heights in the name of Jesus. Effects of crisis. In crisis, in times of crisis, this is when fear comes in. Trauma, depression, despair, frustration, anxiety, loneliness, I mean, worry. Hopelessness. All these things are characteristics of crisis. When crisis comes, these are the response of people. Sense of loss, sense of death, sense of survival, abuse, crime, and so on and so forth. Domestic violence. This is what comes up when crises are in place. Thank God the government is responding. They are mitigating against some of these things, but we ain't seen nothing yet. This is what happens to people in times of crisis. Except you. You are exempted. You are a child of God. 
This is not your portion. Crisis is for a season. It's temporal. It will pass. This is how we deal with it. We, it's a paradigm shift. You got to shift your paradigm. You have to think differently. You cannot say confederacy with them that say confederacy. You should see opportunity in this time. Opportunity for the gospel. If the whole world is full of fear and trauma and they are full of depression and despair, what do you think should happen? Opportunity for Christ. Why are we confident in the midst of all this? It's because we have something the world doesn't have. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. We are God carriers on the earth. We cannot say a confederacy with them. It's impossible to do that. It only means we are not conscious of who we are or what we carry on the inside. Praise God. Opportunity for Christ. It's opportunity for you to move forward. It's opportunity for your finances. Opportunity for your business. Opportunity for your life to move forward. I pray that you will see the opportunities. And you will not see what others are seeing. Amen. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Why should we, not, why should we be anxious for nothing? Because it's temporal. He who began a good work in you is able to complete it. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. He is able to complete it. You have overcome the world. I want you to know that. Let me give you that and I'll end my message today with that. Let's, let's go to John chapter 16 verse 33. John 16 33. Give me from there. John 16 33. Wow. Whew. Glory be to God. I hope you have been blessed. He said these things I have spoken unto you. That in me, you might have peace. In me, you might have peace. He would. In, in the world, ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have done what? I have overcome the world. I have overcome. Say it loud. I have overcome. I have overcome the world. You have overcome. Hallelujah. You must understand this. He said he has overcome. The life you carry makes the difference. The one on the inside of you has overcome. So therefore you have overcome. You have overcome. And you must live and walk in this. Con uh, let me show you this. Because sometimes we need to live in this consciousness. So that you don't know. Look, setback, there's no setback for you as a child of God. It's an opportunity. And the planning you should have against setback is what I'm sharing with you. The paradigm is your thinking. Hallelujah. It's a season. It will come and go. But you can only take advantage of the season if you are thinking right. If you have the thoughts of Christ, if you have the mind, the will, the emotions, the thoughts of Christ, living, active on the inside of you. Praise God. 1 John 5, 4. 1 John 5, 4. And we are going to read verse 5 too. Please pay attention to this. This is a revelation that will blow your mind. 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. He said, for whatsoever, whatsoever, who? Whatsoever. 
Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Jesus said in John 16, 33, he said, I have overcome the world. See again here, he said, whosoever has born of God, whosoever is born of God is in the same category. Overcometh what? The world. The same Greek word being used in the two places. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. What did I say must be constant in the seasons you pass through? Your faith. That's your anchor. That's what keeps overcoming permanent. Your faith being in place. Please don't have faith failure. Let your faith, what is faith? Acting on the world. Doing the world. Because faith without works is dead. You must be actively doing something. And that's what I'm trying to share with you today. Activate your faith. Believing in the dark. What he has told you in the light. Doing something. Now, go to verse 5. And I think this will bring it home for you. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the son of God. Salvation. That you're a God carrier. You're a believer. You're a child of God. You are the one that has overcome. The status of Christ living on the inside of you has changed the game. That's the game changer. You carry the God Almighty. The creator of the heavens and earth. I taught a lot on that on Friday in the believer's authority. The God you carry. Consciousness of this puts the world under your feet. When you talk about the world, what are we talking about? You're talking about the systems of this world. You have overcome them. You are talking of this cosmos. This, this world. This, this world and its systems. The governing system. The powers of control. The system of influence. The structures and the institutions of government. You have overcome them. You are above. The Bible says he that is from above is above all. Hallelujah. So beloved, be strong in these things. Troubles are always moving. I'm going to go through this thing. Praise God. Problems are always moving. I will come through this. And we are going to come through together in the name of Jesus. It's all in our consciousness and in our perspective. How we think and who we are. Praise God. And I'm trusting God that your life will never remain the same after this encounter. Time is fast spent. I will really bring it home in our next edition of making progress. Strategies for progress. I wanted to just give you a hint about our next one because I said there are two kinds and there are two levels. One of the ways that we overcome setbacks is also to do what Jesus did because the one I'm talking about now is crisis. I that's this crisis is one end. That is, you are not responsible for it. It wasn't as a result of you. But what about the other one, which is 
has been our mistake. A lot of people are going to find themselves in places they should not find themselves because they did not plan adequately. It's called management. And I'd like to take that in the next edition to teach us more about planning, to put things in order. Praise God. So that in times of crisis, because the Bible talks about the times of seasons of contradiction, you should prepare for it. Hallelujah. And I trust God that you have been blessed in a mighty way this awesome afternoon. Shall we stand wherever we are, in our living rooms, in our bedrooms? Shall we stand in acknowledgement of God and just lift up our hands and begin to speak to our God and begin to thank him for exposing us to a teaching like this? Thank you, Father, for helping us understand what seasons are all about and how to take care of crisis when they show up. Thank you, Lord God of heavens, for exposing us to your word. Thank you for the scriptures that are making us understand what is going on at such a time like this. Thank you because we have overcome the world. We have overcome the systems of the world. We are on top and never beneath. The Bible says, who is he that overcome? He that has received Jesus into his personal life as his personal Lord and Savior. Father, what a great day. What a day. What an era to live in. What a time to be involved in the things of God. Father, we just thank you. We give you the glory and praise. Thank you because our homes are covered. Our children are covered. Our spouses are covered. Our life is covered in the precious blood of the Lamb. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We give you the glory and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. and Bible study every Friday, 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.